0: Big prayer in the back of that police car that said, You know what? I really messed up. Yeah. And this is not what I intended it to be. Uh, but it was God opening my eyes that, hey, you know, y- you have a greater calling on your life than just to go party it away. Um, and, and you're worth so much more than what people say because I have put something inside of you uh, that's going to change the world.
1: Hey there, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Offstage Podcast. Here we are in season two, which we have dubbed the stories. We are unpacking the the testimony of people involved here at the Ministry of Refuge. And today is no different. I'm very excited for the story that we're gonna unpack today because today we have with us Sam K. Hart. And Sam is such an amazing blessing to the Ministry of Refuge. He's involved in so many areas. He and his wife, Mel, have recently accepted the role of campus pastors at our new Wisconsin Rapids campus, and it's so incredible to see them step even deeper into that calling, but Sam, you could introduce yourself far better than I ever could. So if you want to, for anybody tuning in for the first time, or they, they, maybe they don't know you yet, who are you?
0: Yeah, well, my name is Sam Kayhart, um, and my wife, Melissa, uh, joins me as we serve as volunteers here at Refuge Church. Uh, we've been attending for probably about seven years. Um, And it's been a blessing. It's been a super awesome blessing. And whatever uh, the pastors ask of us and whatever the ministry needs are uh, for this body, we are more than welcome to supply those needs. Uh, We do our best to be as available as possible, uh, knowing that that's not always an easy thing. But we know that God's kingdom really matters, and we want to see it evident here on this earth.
1: Amen, man. Absolutely, and that that shines through so strongly in the way that you conduct yourself and the way that you live your life. I've never, I've never had a conversation with you that didn't have the Lord in some aspect of it, and it's just, so, it's so great. I love it. So we wanna, we wanna kind of kick things off here, you know, help us warm up a little bit. So I'm gonna pitch you an icebreaker here to kind of help us get the ball rolling. I wanna ask you, would you rather have feet for hands or hands for feet?
0: Oh man, Um, I'm gonna go with hands for feet uh, because my hands are something that I use very, very often, Um, and yeah, it would be hard for me to to see life without my hands. I'm a very like everything I do is with my hands, so. I mean, who couldn't use another set of hands, right? Right, I mean, feet would be cool, but I don't know. I love it.
1: I love it. Like I said, just a bit of a softball to get us rolling and Sam, as I mentioned in our intro here, we're going to kind of unpack your story a little bit today, man, and we're going to we're going to dive deep, help people, you know, maybe come to a new revelation of who God can be in their life and Absolutely. by seeing all that he's done in yours. And so, what I want to do is I want to I want to kind of take it back to the beginning. You know, you mentioned there that you and Mel have been involved here at Refuge for about 7 years now, but I want to I want to go back to be- before then, and I want to ask, what was life like for you growing up? What's kind of what's kind of your backstory there?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I grew up on a farm. Um, it was a farm out in the middle of a country, where there was there was nobody else on our mile. I mean, it was pretty pretty uh, low key, and uh, it was a farm in which we put a lot of hand labor in. Um, we didn't have any anything that was mechanical mechanicalized, um, and so we pitched manure, we forked silage. Um, everything was definitely very, very hard, um, but it it was something that really in established a work ethic in me as I saw my dad and my mom uh, put those that effort into that farm to supply for our family. Um, so that's kind of where I grew up, and, and um, yeah, that's kind of been my backstory. I've farmed for a long time, and Right before um, we started coming to this church, I actually the Lord spoke to me to come here, and mm-hmm. so uh, that was something that was pretty major. And he did that when I, while I was on the farm. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: You know, those moments alone with God are some of the most powerful. And Absolutely, you can get a lot out of them. So you grew up on a farm. Did you grow up in a Christian family, or was God yeah, someone you found? Yeah, um, my your mom
0: own? kind of went to to church. Um, it was on and off. My mom knew who the Lord was. My dad was kind of more of a a, a hard nosed, like you know, put your put your hand to the plow and keep moving, you know, type yeah. thing. And, but my mom uh, tried to make sure that we knew who Jesus was. Um, I encountered the Lord uh, personally in a prayer uh, to receive him into my heart when I was probably about four years old. And I could tell you exactly where I was in the house when I did that. Um, and I can kind of, I can even remember the attitude of my heart and the nervousness of saying that prayer. Yeah. Um, and my mom leading me uh, as to how to do that. And I actually went into our bathroom. And, and said that prayer all by myself without uh, anyone else there, so it was a very personal experience. But I was very young, um, yeah. but that was definitely my first encounter of receiving the Lord as my Savior.
1: Wow, that's incredible, man! Yeah. So you know, we all we all kind of go through a stage in life where we have to make our faith our own, right? We mm-hmm. have to come to a personal relationship with with Jesus, and so it sounds like that was probably the start of yours, right Absolutely. there. You know, your your mom was able to sow into you in that way, but. When did it really start to become real for you? When in life? What What were some of the steps after that moment right there?
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's, you know, I went up and down a lot. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I was four years old, so I mean, <laughs> I had that childlike faith, and I can't tell you much after that until I got to be a little bit older, and you know, high or uh, middle school kind of really took a toll on me. When I was in school, I was. I was overweight for my age and I was looked down upon. I was made fun of a lot and, and I just didn't seem like I fit in. You know. Um, it seemed like I was always trying to stand up for people that were, were in the kind of the same boat that I was. Um, and try, to try to fit in, I you know I began to speak the language of the kids around me. and I really uh, I can remember definitely having a bad, bad mouth and foul language. I would be swearing all the time and just trying to fit in. Um, and that was kind of something that I kind of caught myself in when I was in my in about ten to, to thirteen years old and that doesn't seem very old, but it you know that stuff is very um, impactful yeah. um, when people are doing it around you and you it's the easy thing is to do it and so that's what I did you know and and beyond that, I began to um, really come to a point of wow, this is not what I want to do. This is not how I want to live. Yeah. Um, And there's more to that. I'm sure you have more questions, but I'm just going to kind of run with this one, uh, because if I don't, it won't make a whole lot of sense. But Let's hear it. About when I was about 13 years old, um, I went up to Canada with an older gentleman who was from the church that we attended with my mom, and he, had, he was a big influence on my life. And we, we spent time up there on a work crew, um, fixing dock and cutting trees and doing whatever we could and fishing a lot, you know. So, But every day we did a devotional in the morning and in the evening. And uh, one morning the devotional, um, the, the gentleman that I knew um, was speaking from Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. And for some reason I could not get that verse out of my head. And that was well, a major turning point uh, in my early years as a teenager uh, to where I remember on the trip back uh, reciting the salvation prayer again and again on the way back and just having that repentant heart and, and really changed the way I walked throughout the rest of the my, my years in school until I was about 17 years old.
1: That's powerful, man. Yeah. That's really incredible. So that was around what
0: age, you said? Yeah, I was probably around 13, 14 around 13, uh, when that 14. happened.
1: Started to get more real at that yeah. point. Absolutely. Like, yeah. After after a stage where, you know, you were in that in that tough spot in school, you found you found a deeper connection with the Lord in that way. You know, I feel like maybe a lot of people can relate to that, whether yeah whether it was a negative experience in school or even if they're older now, maybe it's a negative experience with a coworker in the workplace, whatever it might be. We Mm -hmm. all have this different walk in life, but maybe through a time of hardship, we can find that deeper connection with the Lord in that time of need. Cause you know, he's always available. Right. And so, you know, I've experienced that in my life and I'm sure we'll get to more times where you've experienced that in yours. But so from, from around that, that, those early teenage years when you made that deeper commitment to the Lord on your way back from, on your way back to the States, what kind of came after that? What did, what did life look like for high school, Sam?
0: Yeah. I mean, um, I kind of, I wanted to farm um, and that was kind of my heart. I really, really liked hard work. I really liked being outside yeah. and I kind of turned towards that. And after ninth grade, I decided I was going to homeschool the next three years of high school I didn't want to go back um, to public school. Um, so I found uh, my, my mom helped me find this homeschooling uh, program, and, and I knocked out three years of high school in six months. <laughs> and in the midst of that, my mom and my dad were going through turmoil. Okay. Um, and it was about – I was I was just coming up on 17 – and they were they were just about to get a divorce, mm. um, and so I was in a huge transitional point at that point in time. So my my high school that was pretty much me on the farm, and then encountering um, this relationship that I knew for seventeen years beginning to fall apart. Wow. Um, and you know the things that you you hinge your life on as a as a child, you know, um, as a teenager, uh, the things that you see really determine where you're gonna go. Um, so I, I decided that I didn't really want to be around, um, and so I thought, well, you know what? I've always wanted to fly airplanes, so I'm going to go be, be an airplane mechanic. Um, so right after turning 17, I found an apartment down in uh, Whitewater, Wisconsin, um, and uh, got, a, got my schooling lined up for Janesville, and I, I spent the next uh, three-quarters of a year down there, uh, wow. completely away from people, moved out at 17 years old, and just went and did what I needed to do.
1: So you kinda do you feel like maybe you ran from your problems a little bit there? Absolutely. Sort of a jo- a Jonah kind of story. Yeah. So yep. you know, you're you're down in Whitewater, you said? Yeah. Right around there, that area. Yeah, so that's a couple hours from home probably. Yep. You know? What did what did life look like after that? Did you did you find the Lord in a deeper way, kinda like after that trouble in middle school, or did you sort of maybe start to go in a different direction then?
0: Yeah, you know, before before the whole divorce of my parents began to happen, um, I, you know, I knew the Lord pretty good, um, and I would say that Bible reading wasn't a huge thing in my life at that point, but I had done it. Um, but you know what happened in the in those moments is not only did I move away, but I began to party with people around me. I began to follow the influences around me again, just like when I began to swear um, when I was younger. Now I began to drink and I began to to, to seek parties and seek a good time and. And in the midst of me moving away, um, I got to choose everything I, I was going to do. And and I decided that I was going to do a lot of things that, that often I thought was were bad. Um, and, you know, so I spent a lot of time drinking, a lot of time with, with other friends, and, and just, you know, I ran... <laughs> Uh, I burned the candle at both ends. Um, I remember nights of partying and, and getting called up and having to go to work in the middle of the night because I worked on an airport doing freight runs and stuff like that. And, wow. And uh, really burned myself out um, and kind of came to myself just like the prodigal son. Yeah. Um, I knew that I had to to get out of that situation. So six months in, I'm like, if I don't leave now, I will become become consumed. And I'm going to do something that I'm going to really regret. Yeah. Um, and so I, I moved back home and i began to pull back from that party lifestyle um, and had a couple other encounters with that kind of lifestyle ended up getting arrested for a dui um, which that was a turner in my life that was like a big prayer in the back of that police car that said you know what i really messed up yeah this is not what i intended it to be Uh, but it was god opening my eyes that hey you know, you have a greater calling on your life than just to go party it away. Yeah. Um, and, and you're worth so much more mm. than what people say, because I have put something inside of you uh, that's going to change the world. And that's kind of really you know, a moment that I'll never forget uh, of change. And I began to get really involved with a local church. Um found my own church, which was definitely a move um, that was difficult. Um at first, because I didn't really know what I wanted church to look like or where I wanted it to be and what what, what how church was going to encounter me um, by myself. And I found a really good young adult group and and uh, really just started pouring into that and, and then began to lead youth groups and stuff like that um, and continued down that pathway uh, to pursue God. And, and God became a, a real pillar uh, in my life. Um, and it was kind of around that time frame that I had several people um, speak over me um, that I was anointed uh, mm. in certain areas, and there was confirmation of what I knew in my spirit as well. Uh, so that was definitely an exciting, an exciting time in my life, and one of which I felt like I would never walk away from. But lo and behold, I did down the road.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's incredible, man. So, you know, I wanna, I wanna sort of press into the, a part of that story really mm. quick. I wanna press into the back seat of that that police car. Yeah. In that moment. You know, throughout your story, you've had these different moments of of encountering God, whether it was when you were four years old in the bathroom of your home, or whether it was, again, in middle school when you'd been going through that tough season. Mm -hmm. Now here you are again in a low point. What's going through your head in the back of that cop car?
0: (laughs) You know, I say this a lot to people who ask me about where I've been. Um, There were many nights... That before I go to sleep, I would repent of what I was doing. And I would acknowledge that I was sinning. Um, and I would say I wouldn't do it again. And I'd tell God, I don't want to do this again. Mm. I don't want to do this again. And then the next night, I'd just go do it. Mm. Um, <laughs> the Bible says that the heart is willing, but the flesh is weak. Mm. And I was experiencing a lot of flesh, uh, weak flesh. And 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 I was just allowing it to control my life. You know, and so in that moment, in that in that police car, it was that moment again of complete repentance. Man, I just I got to get this right. I I just kept screwing it up, and uh, it was because I wanted to do my own thing. It was because that I wasn't willing, you know, to surrender to him um, every area of my life. Yeah. And so that kind of that brought me to that place, and it was Mother's Day too. So I had to call my mom to come pick me up, wow. and that was pretty rough. <laughs> so
1: yeah so in that moment you had um you you made a sort of a, a almost like a deal with God right where it's
0: yeah it was kind of a declaration like Lord if you get me out of this <laughs> and I think we do this a lot yeah but I was like Lord if you get me out of this absolutely um I promise I'll follow you and I'll never turn back <laughs> to'll bar- never try to bargain with God absolutely I was like I will never drink again I will never have another sip of alcohol you get me out of this you know and and I was just like I was desperate and yeah. when we're desperate you know we're willing to lay it all down yeah and it's too bad that that only comes in certain moments uh, of des- of hurt and pain yeah um or reality of consequences right you know what would happen if we did that on a daily basis if we got desperate before god that's a without good word. that kind of pain so. yeah
1: yeah absolutely and you know i think it's just so beautiful how far the lord's brought you you know through through ministry and through your family now, mm-hmm. too. Because around what time was it that you, you met Mel and you guys started doing ministry together?
0: Yeah. um, So I met Mel when I was about 22 years old. Um, I met her playing volleyball. Nice. Um, and I really liked playing volleyball, and we were playing volleyball at a bar. Um, So I was kind of still dealing in that double lifestyle of sure. not really drinking a lot, but having a couple here and there to socialize with people. And, and that was kind of where I met my wife. And And so I wasn't really like 100% walking the straight and narrow Mm -hmm. um, yet at that point in my life, but I had gone back and forth through those years from uh, being in that squad car to, you know, being really good for a long time and then surrounding myself with the wrong friends and being pulled back. And so I was kind of in that area. Um, I knew who God was and I would talk about him. I was very bold about who he was. And, and, uh, and so I met my wife and, we began to, a great friendship that lasted just over a year, um, and then she finally let me date her, which was cool. Um, and and there, from there, I began to bring her to church and, and really open up. She knew uh, church's Catholicism. Um, it wasn't something that she had really encountered outside of that. So it was all foreign. It was kind of a little different. Um, um, and so it was really, it, it took a while to get her plugged in. Um, but I would say that we got married kind of in that same uh, thought process environment. If you go from our dating years into our married years, we're kind of in the, we're we're in the church. We're going to church. Um, we're 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 praying. We're reading some Bible, not a lot. Um, I, it was very surface uh, yeah. surface Christianity, I would call it. Mm. Saying well, I acknowledge you, God. I believe in you, God. You know, but but I f- I feel like these things are okay, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna you know acknowledge you and believe in you, and but yet I'm still gonna. Do these things, but I'm going to try and make sure that you're you're still my focus. Absolutely. And so we we entered our marriage that way. And as soon as we got married, um, it was like we kind of pulled back on the church thing because my wife didn't really want to go to the church that I had been going to, and she never really, um, you know, really made that full connection because it was something that she walked into a walk that I was already walking, um, and she didn't have a full experience or connection with that. Yeah. So two years into my marriage, I'm feeding cows in the barn. And and God's reminding me of this church, which I had an encounter here um, probably when I was about 11, 12 years old uh, with my older brother. And I had finally made a decision. God reminded me uh, about this church probably every two to three years throughout my life since I had uh, been here that one time. He said, you need to go check out that church. You need to go check out that church. And every time he would say it, I would just be like, yeah, I do, I do. And I would never do it. But this day... Uh, he said, you need to go check out that church. I went home that day, and I told uh, Mel, my wife, I told her, I'm like, we're going to go to church next Sunday, and this is where we're going, mm. because something needed to change in our marriage. Absolutely. Our marriage was suffering because we weren't uh, allowing God to be the centerpiece, Right. Um, and so that's when we, we started coming to Refuge. Um, and the first encounter, I thought, Pastor Matt was from Australia. I was like... <laughs> But, you know, like, so, and I've heard this from other people that it sounds like he has an accent, but, you know. Maybe from time so to time. So once you get to know him, you don't you don't hear that anymore. Um, but it was a really cool thing. And the second time we came here, I felt the Lord tell me, this is where I've called you right now. That's powerful. And we haven't left since. That's so incredible, it, man. And it was then that we really dove in. And we haven't looked back um, from that moment. That's um, We began ministry together then through the youth group and different things like that as the pastors had approached us. Yeah. Um, we did not come here uh, with any desire or need to have to fulfill a role, but we wanted to serve God.
1: That's so powerful, man. You know, I think so many people can probably identify with those seasons of highs and lows, right, mm-hmm. where maybe you know about God but you don't really know who God is. Right. Maybe you're in church but then you're at the bar. Maybe mm-hmm. you're at a small group but then back in the dorm with your worldly friends. Right. Maybe you're going through you're 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 playing all the right pieces but you're still not winning the game, right? Maybe Absolutely. you're 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 Following the the right path, right? But things just aren't clicking, things mm-hmm. aren't connecting, and it's because of things that we haven't let go. Yeah. Right? It's Absolutely. because of things that we're still holding on to. Absolutely. And so for you hearing from the Lord while you're out feeding the cows that you need to come to refuge. Yeah. That you need to go visit that church again, mm-hmm. just like you did all those years ago and you had that k- encounter with him. Absolutely. You need to go again. What advice would you have for people who are looking for a similar experience to that who have maybe been walking the walk but not talking the talk for people who maybe feel like they're doing all the right things but it's just not clicking or maybe maybe they're not doing the things yet right maybe this is someone's first first encounter with with christianity in in general maybe you know for someone who's looking for the confirmation that they that church is the place to be the body of christ is the place to be and that there is the one and only true God, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. that they need to have a, a a relationship, an encounter with him, but they just haven't necessarily felt that push like right. you did. What advice would you have for someone who's kind of like like stuck in that, middle, in that middle ground, right, where they don't feel like they're a bad person, but they also feel like there's more, but they just don't know? Right. What advice mm-hmm. would you have for
0: someone? There? My advice is short and simple. Don't wait. <laughs> Amen. Don't wait for a word. Yeah. You know, God, had, God pushed me, yeah. um, and I knew better. I knew better. Yeah. Um, and if you're looking for a word, you already know better. Exactly. God's given you the word, exactly. and you're not acknowledging that small word. You're trying to get him to speak louder. Yeah. Um, if you have an inkling or a pull, if you're, if you're watching this, uh, there's some kind of pull on your heart that says, you know, I, I feel like I need more God in my life. Amen. And my, my 100% um, advice is do not wait. Get close to God. And you know, everybody's walk is different. Um, you're going to get more out of God the more time you spend with Him. It's just like any other relationship that you have. You're only going to learn so much about somebody based off of the time that you spend with them. Yeah. And I just encourage people all the time, you need to spend more time with the Lord. Absolutely. Um, and He's going to reveal Himself to you. You know, y- you don't you don't necessarily get... Um, the assurance of a second date on the first date. Sometimes you gotta wait for the call later. God's not gonna reveal His entire self on the first date that you have with yeah. Him. You may have an experience with Him, but God is 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 multi-dimensional and yeah. very deep, and He reveals more and more uh, the more that we. Pursue him. Amen.
1: You know, you you have you have a little daughter now, and I have I have a little son on the way. And I've mm-hmm. I've been thinking about this exact thing recently about, you know, the the levels of, of just commitment and relationship with the Lord. And I'm thinking about, you know, I'm not feeding a baby steak yet. Come right. On. I'm not feeding a baby steak a week out of the womb as much right. as I might like to. You know, mm-hmm. I want my son to have that protein, but yep. he needs a bottle to yep. start. He needs a bottle to grow big and strong. And then one day he'll be ready for the steak. He'll be ready for the meat and potatoes. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's, there's a process here to where, you know, the Bible also says that God speaks in a still small voice. Mm -hmm. Right. And so if you're watching this and you, you feel that inkling on the inside of like, I need to get, I need to go to church. I need to, I need to have a better relationship with God. I need to get connected with him. That's that still small voice. Yep. That's 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 our heart crying out to him, our savior who created us, right? Yeah. We all have a soul that cries out to him, that longs for connection with him. Mm-hmm. And so feeling that yearning on the inside of you is just step one, right? Yeah. It's our responsibility, it's our obligation, it's it's it should be our desire to take that step and get into relationship with him and not be dissatisfied if we're just starting with right. a bottle, you right. know, because that bottle is gonna get us. Up to the mashed potatoes, right. and that those mashed potatoes are gonna get us ready for that steak, and right. it's 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 it comes in increments, and mm-hmm. you know it can be, it can be easy too to even feel jealous about someone else's relationship with God and the connection that someone else has yeah. with God, but just like you said, all of our walks are different, and mm-hmm. we all have a different experience, a different encounter with God, and so don't be upset if it's not a big, awesome encounter right away. That's right. Your faithfulness and your obedience to step into relationship with Him pleases Him so greatly, That's and right. He is faithful to show up mm-hmm. when you open yourself up to Him. That's absolutely... When you open yourself up to Him. You That's got anything so to build on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, all of us are like, well, I'm just waiting for God. I'm, I'm just I'm just waiting to hear more from God. I, I just need to see God show up more in my life. I just need to see God heal me in this area. I just need to see God do this. I need to see God do that. You know, Jesus went to the cross, and he did everything that he needed to do on that cross over 2,000 years ago, and uh, (laughs) it's our turn. Yeah. It's our turn to draw to him, um, and quit, quit waiting. Yeah. Quit making excuses. Mm. I'm a very blunt person when it comes to walking with the Lord, and because I've made excuses, because I've ran away, because I've, I've looked at what God's called me to do and said, well, I don't want to do that yet. And I'm just going to tell you right now, quit making excuses. Every excuse you have is a bad one. That's good. Um, <laughs> the only good excuse is, is to acknowledge that we mm-hmm. are not enough, and there's nothing that we have to give God. Yeah but a relationship with Him, because we need to be fully surrendered to receive in that way. And that's when He moves. And you know what? I encountered God here shortly after we started coming uh, in a conference um, that was done, by a full surrender uh, of just laying myself down uh, before the Lord and acknowledging, I know this gift that you put on me. I know these areas that you have uh, deep inside of my heart, and I have withheld myself from you. Yeah. Um, and uh, choosing to chase after Him is what has allowed those gifts to really begin to flourish. And and not only the giftings. I, I I tell people a lot, don't get caught up in what you can do for God. Get caught up in God. Absolutely. And you will overflow. Yeah with the gifts that he has inside of you. Do not worry about anything else. Just get caught up in God. That's mm-hmm. so good, man. And
1: that comes through that full surrender, mm-hmm. like you said. Absolutely. So I want to I ask you just a couple more things as we start to sort yeah. of wrap things up here. What do you see as th- is maybe what are, what are the big differences or what is the biggest difference between the man you are today, who you are today, and who you were before you found Christ? <laughs> what do you think is is maybe the biggest thing or some of the biggest things that he's, he's helped you overcome in your life. Just like we talked about, you know, with, with the casting away the flesh and whatnot.
0: Absolutely. Well, I think, uh, selfish mindset, mm. um, you know, um, God is really every time I encounter something that may not go my way or may not be what I wanted, um, God is quick to sit, to, to help me to see like, Hey, this isn't about you. It's never been about you. Yeah, um, this is about my will to, that my kingdom come on this earth, um, and so God has really changed my mindset um, and and just the acknowledgement of people in my life that truly matter, and the ability to lay myself down for them, regardless of how painful or hard it might be at that time. So I really, I really believe He's. He's delivered me and continuing to renew my mindset um, from selfishness and pride yeah. um, and, and past hurts of rejection uh, mm-hmm. because I was, you know, pushed away by many people um, because of, of what I represented or maybe because I wasn't like everybody else and they didn't really care that I wasn't like them because it, it wasn't what they wanted to see. Yeah. So, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing that I would say that he's changed in me. Um, in my walk with Him. So. That's,
1: that's powerful stuff, man. So one last question. You know, I, I said we were going to bring it to a close here, but um, what would you say, if if there was a theme word or maybe like a theme phrase, it could even be a scripture, mm-hmm. what what would that theme word or phrase or scripture be for your testimony?
0: You know, I have to go back to that encounter when I was 13, 14 years old, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Yeah. Um, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding but acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He shall direct your paths. There's nothing in that scripture that says anything about you. Yeah. It says everything about surrendering everything about you so that He can direct you. That's good. Um, And so that is my... Some people call it a life verse, but that's the one I go back to a lot. That says, no matter what the situation I'm in, I can trust in God. I can acknowledge God, whether it's good or bad. Yeah. And I can I can put my trust in Him in that way, and He will He's faithful yeah. to direct my paths. You know, if I'm looking to Him, and I'm following Him, my paths are within His will, um, because that's where He wants us to be. And there may be things that we have to deal with along the way. Yeah. Um, but He gives us the strength and the grace uh, to walk through those seasons. I'm not going to ever say that it's easy. <laughs> but it's but it's definitely humbling. Yeah. Um, and if we have a humble mindset and a willingness uh, to surrender our wants and desires in those, those areas, Amen. Um, God will move. And don't let your expectations uh, try to determine what God is going to do in your life. Let God do what He wants to do. Amen.
1: Absolutely, you know. I think it's, it's just like Pastor Matt said. It hasn't always been easy, but it's always been worth it. Come on, absolutely. Just, that that itself is profound. Absolutely, you know, it's, it, it. We are guaranteed that the road will not always be easy. That's right. But we know that it will be worth it. Yeah. And even if just for the the remarkable moment that we hear those words, "Well done, my good and faithful Come servant," on. how powerful is that? Yeah. Right. That's oh so man. Good. Sam, this has been an absolutely incredible conversation today, man. We thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You're such a wealth of wisdom and knowledge, and mm-hmm. it's always a pleasure talking to you, man. You're, you're a brother, and you know ministry with you is nothing but a pleasure. And so if you have any closing thoughts you'd like to share as we get ready to shut things down here, please feel free.
0: absolutely. Yeah, I just thank you for the opportunity uh, to share my testimony. Um, You know anybody out there that's going through similar things? um, You can make it. God's faithful; He will never leave you nor forsake you, Uh, and He's more than enough for the moment that you're in, and He's going to be more than enough for the moments that you'll encounter later. Uh, Just as Sam was talking, um, you know, Jesus was crucified, um, and it's foolish to think that we may not go that we may not go through those same sufferings, Mm -hmm. Uh, and our determination to follow Him regardless of what it looks like on the outside when we have an inward witness of who he is and what he's done for us really will determine your pathway, and it will allow you to get closer to him. Seek him with all your heart, and he will reveal himself. So good,
1: man. Well, thank you again. Absolutely. Well, we just want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Once again, we appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week. If you liked today's video, make sure to let us know just by hitting that like button. And if you want to see more of our content, whether it's Sunday's message or more episodes of this podcast, make sure to hit that subscribe button and hit the bell icon so you can get notified when new stuff comes out. That is all we have for you today. We hope you have an amazing rest of your week and we'll see you back next time.